1: The will
2: to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, the Trans-Tasman Podcast Network, by and for the climate community of Australia and New Zealand. My name is Mark and I'm proud to be the publisher of the Climactic Collective. And today marks the first of August. For the last month through the month of July, we've been featuring on Climactic episodes about solutions to the climate crisis, those that don't get into other topics of how to deal with, how to engage with, how to contextualize and understand the climate crisis, but instead those that really focused foremost on what we can do as individuals, as societies. And ironically, here we are on the 1st of August with arguably the biggest climate show we've yet released This is Part 3 of The Climate Revolution, a mini-series from our friend Mick Eight. Mick and his team run The Sustainable Hour, a community radio show on The Pulse, Geelong, Victoria. And this Climate Revolution series he's been doing is something special, more produced. And quite appropriately, after the last month of looking at solutions and actions, this episode for Mick and his team is dedicated to all the climate action campaigners who've burnt out, after being involved in a decade-long fight for a safe climate that so far appears to have led to nowhere. The graphs are still rising, carbon emissions are going up, and global temperatures are going up. The aim of the broader series is to provide you with the why, the who, and the how. You're going to hear a lot more in the course of this episode, and it's my great pleasure to be bringing it to you. So now, without further ado, I'll hand over to Mick and his team. For this, episode 3 of the Climate Revolution series.
3: We are rapidly reaching the point of no return for the planet. We face a triple environmental emergency. Biodiversity loss, climate disruption, and escalating pollution. Science tells us these next 10 years are our final chance to avert the climate catastrophe, turn back the deadly tide of pollution, and end species loss.
4: How'd you end up in here?
5: Oh, well, I tried to start a revolution, but didn't print enough pamphlets, so hardly anyone turned up, except for my mum and her boyfriend, who I hate. But I'm actually organising another revolution. I don't know if you'd be interested in something like that. Do you reckon you'd be interested? I can't can't keep
1: living the way that I'm living. Something... what, What is my role or my place.
6: The best thing in a revolution is conscious change of consciousness and mind bombs, which are kind of visual things that reach your heart.
3: You're killing us. Stop. You're killing us. For your inaction, for your corrupt behavior, for your taking money from under the table, um, you're killing us. You're killing Australia.
1: It's, it's, it's unprecedented. unprecedented.
5: This is not some apocalyptic series you're watching on Netflix. This is the world we live in, for real. It's burning up in front of our eyes. It's drowning in mudslides. It's being torn apart in tornadoes. It's drying up. It's making the Amazon rainforest suddenly look like the Saharan desert. The planet you think you live on no longer exists. And all of this
3: urgency has led to headlines now that look something like this. New climate debate, how to adapt to the end of the world. From the Bloomberg Business Week online. Researchers are thinking about social collapse and how to prepare for it. We've reached a whole different watershed of how we are understanding
5: what we face. Scientists warned the politicians and the fossil fuel companies 30, 40 years ago that climate collapse is beginning when we reach 1.1 degrees of global warming. And right now, with the policies our politicians are making for us, we are on track not for 2 degrees, but for 3 and 4 degrees global warming. Inaction on that one day will be called a crime against humanity. Net zero by 2050 is a crime against humanity. Already now, in 2021, we're hearing that in Pakistan, people are living in temperatures that are deadly. The scientists say that if we do nothing, if we continue as we're doing now, 3 billion people around the planet live in areas where temperatures will go above that level where humans can survive. 3 billion people, where are they gonna go? According to a report from the United Nations, the national targets that have been made so far put us on a path to reduce emissions with 1% by 2030. 1%. What that means, as Greta Thunberg tweeted, our leaders are failing mankind completely. And media is letting them get away with it. You're listening to the first of a series of podcast episodes about finding your role in the climate revolution. Peter Kalmus is a climate scientist from NASA in America. He's also an eager Twitter writer, and he believes the only rational course of action at this point is to immediately begin the work of shutting down the fossil fuel industry, which, in a nutshell, is what we have known for 30, 40 years, and nothing has happened. So how do we do it? Peter Kalmus, one thing has become clear. The powers that be will not choose to stop climate and ecological breakdown. They will use the right words, but only to delay. Therefore, it's up to us. We have to up our tactics. The advantage we have? And that we must keep building is numbers, says Peter Kalmus. That's the kind of clarity in thinking that I say we need. Because there's so much going on, it seems like there's so many options out there, so many initiatives pointing in all sorts of different directions. And in the background, there's this increasing mix of panic or anxiety, grief, disillusioned cropping up. So that's what this podcast, The Climate Revolution is about. I'm here to tell you that none of this is a surprise to anyone. We've seen it coming for a very long time. And it's in that perspective that I actually have some good news for you. And that is really the revolution that we talk about in this podcast is already happening. The best and the most important revolution humanity has ever pulled together is the climate revolution. Imagine this. We are in a crisis. And all over the place, government is putting up these posters. In hospitals, in schools, in public places, train stations, bus stations, city halls, churches. Everywhere, people would be given this information about how they respond to the crisis. This was what happened during the Second World War in Denmark. And here we have this terrible crisis coming right at us threatening to wipe out one species after the next on this planet. But we don't have a government telling us anything about it. On the contrary, they're pretending it's not happening. So here's what we can do. Instead of saying, oh, it's terrible, the government isn't doing anything, we can produce these posters and put them up where we see fit.
2: The storm is coming. We need to make some noise. That is why I'm here today. That is why I'm banging my drum. Wake up, people.
5: So we put this poster together with seven recommendations for how we do this. How we do it as citizens, as trade unions, as media, as businesses and so on. Seven steps towards a carbon neutral society. And step number one is that you begin to take the climate emergency seriously. That you acknowledge all the extensive research that has been established now, that tells us, that screams at us, that we are in a climate emergency. So you're putting your hand up and saying, yep, I understand we need to change. We need rapid and radical change in society. And this requires my active participation. I'm through with sitting and waiting for someone else to act. I've decided to take my share of the responsibility and to prioritize this task above everything else.
7: have caused Germany's worst mass loss of life in years. Armin Laschet, premier of the hard-hit state of North Rhine-Westphalia and possible future chancellor, blamed the extreme weather on global warming during a visit to the area. Weather experts have described the rains in the region as unprecedented. As residents begin clearing up, the scale of destruction has become clear. The German Weather Service has warned more heavy rain is due in southwestern Germany.
5: We are facing a climate emergency. It's posing an existential threat to humanity. It's a crisis that requires rapid, far-reaching and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society, says the United Nations Climate Panel, the IPCC. What that means is that if we want to ensure good living conditions for all within the limits of the planet, we must redefine what living well means and create an economy that doesn't depend on growth. And all actors in society have important roles to play in this transition ahead of us. All the curves and all the graphs are going up. We are out of time. So all of us, individuals and organizations, businesses and corporations, we need to become climate revolutionaries now. We need to come together now around the same As citizens, we have both the right, but also the duty to help shaping this society we want, where we slow down climate change, and where we create a long-term sustainable society, an ecological civilization.
4: So, if I can change these small things, I might be able to change everything too. And if we do do it, we wind up with a much, much better world.
5: However, there's one word which is probably more important, and I'll tell you this now. And maybe if you're still alive in some 30, 40, 50 years time from now, I think you'll remember that I told you about this in 2021. There's one word which will make it or break it for humanity and possibly for all life on this planet if we don't understand the value of this one single word. So what is it? What word is it? As we speak already, people are dying and there's lots of people in particular, those in the fossil fuel industry and those sitting in the parliaments who have literally blood on their hands.
1: In Oregon and Washington, nearly 200 people lost their lives to the heat. Across the West, thousands more are now on the path of fast moving and dangerous wildfires. And it's not just happening in the U.S. Siberia, which, you know, if you know one thing about it, you think it's cold, famous for its freezing temperatures, is experiencing its worst fire season in memory. Four million acres burned with villages already evacuating their children because of the dangerous smoky air. In Germany last week, hundreds were killed and dozens of towns destroyed by the worst flooding in a thousand years. Tens of thousands of people are still without gas and power. In China, another once in a thousand year event, nearly a a year's worth of rain falling in just three days, causing flooding that was so intense, it left passengers trapped on a subway car as water poured in from all sides. Hundreds of people had to be rescued. A dozen passengers died. Extreme temperatures, extreme wetness, extreme drought, extreme weather events like this, as we've said many times, new normal. A new normal that has been brought to us by decades of inaction, led chiefly by fossil fuel interests, the politicians they donate to an American right and American media,
5: devoted to denying science and opposing change, while speeding us towards this disaster and worse. Climate change, the monster that the scientists have warned us about would come, is now right at our doorstep, right outside our windows. But don't blame the monster. There are people, criminals, who let the monster loose. And the real monster in all of this is not that the ecosystems and the coral reefs and the rainforest and the icebergs and all that is collapsing and disappearing. The most scary things in the future is what we, the humans, are going to be doing to each other. And the humans, what can they do but burn? When our trust in the community, in the society, begins to disintegrate. When people's mental health gets affected and that fragile glue that holds our society together begins to disappear, that's when the real trouble begins. It's when we lose trust in our leaders and that someone will be looking after us. Once that trust is gone, it's everyone for themselves. And really, that's what so many of the series that young people watch on Netflix at the moment are all about, trust.
8: This will cause a riot. Good. Maybe we need one. The
5: only way we're going to make it through this is if we trust each other. When we lose trust, that's the most scary part.
3: I'm Admiral Chris Barry. I'm a former chief of the Australian Defence Force. I served in the Royal Australian Navy for nearly 42 years, uh, having joined at the age of 15 and a half. And I retired as the youngest ever four-star officer. Look, I'm on the record as talking about global warming and climate change consequences as an existential threat to humankind on the planet. My perception is Australia leads the charge in feeling the effects of global warming. And we don't really know where this is going to lead. What we can say is it is going to be a serious disruptor to normal life as we once understood it. I think mass migrations and a potential collapse of civil order would be the two most important things we need to think about.
5: If we're going to be able to maintain the level of trust that we have between each other right now, we will need to get to work. And why we're in trouble, really, is because the media and our leaders, the politicians, are not telling us these stories. So the majority of people out there don't see it. And those who do, still look the other way. So many people I know who does this. It's too hard to cope with There's already enough to think about. What can we do? We can't change it anyway. That's what people say. What I'm saying is we have to look this slow creeping monster in the eye. And as we see that it's not about climate change, it's not change, it's an emergency. The real emergency is that unless we understand what's going on, and a whole lot of us understand what's going on, and we understand the urgency that we need to take action because of the seriousness of what's coming at us, If that doesn't happen very, very soon, we are going to be leaving our children a planet to die on, not to live on.
0: We don't really have a language to describe the pain of witnessing the death of ecosystems and other species, at least not until now. In the last few years, terms like environmental grief, eco-anxiety, climate depression, and pre-traumatic stress have crept into our vocabulary. And it's not just tree huggers and climate protesters using those terms. Mental health experts, including the American Psychological Association, have been churning out research linking climate change impacts to depression, post-traumatic stress, anxiety and sleep disorders, substance abuse, and even suicide.
5: Up till this point, our efforts and all the campaigning seems to have led to nothing. If we look at the only metric that really matters, which is the Mauna Loa Observatory graph of the percentage of carbon molecules in the atmosphere, that graph has been on a long, steady upwards climb during our lifetime. What that tells us is that so far, all of this hard work, all of these climate campaigning efforts have in reality led to nothing. Whatever we've been doing so far, we've failed. All that tells us is that we have to do better now. We have to do more. We have to up our tactics. The advantage we have, and that we must keep building, is numbers.
1: You know, this is the catastrophe that the warning has come so late. You know, when it's almost impossible to change change course because we are all now Uh, absolutely uh, chained into lifestyles which are very, very carbon-intensive. In the 30s, I mean, I remember even in my childhood, uh, in the uh, 60s and 70s, it was possible to live, uh, uh, you know, by going uh, uh, out to a farm and buying uh, buying food from your neighbour or whatever. That is impossible now. Everything from food production to just, I mean, even going outside, It's tied to fossil fuels.
5: The scientific knowledge and all the warnings from the scientists, all the political speeches, all our activism and protest marches, so far, it's had zero effect on the accumulation of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Zero effect on our collective continued burning of fossil fuels. We dumped something like 34 billion tons of carbon into the air every year. And what's really striking is we show no sign of stopping. The figure keeps rising, even now in 2021. Even though you'd think that most of us understand by now that these carbon molecules in the air means more heat, more disruption, more fire, more smoke, flooding, droughts, tornadoes, danger, mass death, collapse. The leader of the Greens. Thank you, Speaker. My questions to the acting
4: prime minister. You have Australia on track to warm by over four degrees, running aside through our countryside. This is a death sentence for millions of Australians, including our farmers. Why are you doing everything in your power to make droughts and bushfires and extreme weather worse, ripping apart our country's social fabric? When will you listen to the Greens, the G7 and the International Energy Agency and Members start phasing rise. out coal and gas? And when will you apologise to farmers for choosing coal over crops and putting the lives and livelihoods of so many farmers at risk.
5: The Acting Prime Minister has the call.
3: Oh, you talk of global warming, hell will freeze over when I start listening to the Greens, before I start listening to the Greens. I tell you what, uh, treasonous, I would call that. Absolute uh, The deputy, pra- deputy Prime Minister has to withdraw that.
5: When I was born... That's 58 years ago. The atmosphere was at 320 carbon parts per million. In 1988, we passed that level, the 350 ppm, which is considered the safe zone. We left that in 1988. That was the same year that the Australian government and the CSIRO scientists organized two major conferences about the climate problem. And they came out of that with the promise that they would do something about it. That's 33 years ago. Now we are at 420 ppm.
7: You know, the reason that we haven't made substantive progress on the climate front is because we have really, in many ways, struggled to come to terms with it. So, you know, there's obviously the overt deniers, and that's one form of denial. But there's another form of denial, which, you know, it's just such a difficult, wicked problem to wrap your heart and mind around. The scale and violence of the climate crisis, the actual end of the world as we know it. I'm not saying the world will end, but as we know it, that is ending. So it's just such a difficult, um, Thing to come to terms with it, that, that I would say that that is partially to blame for our ineptitude in actually tackling the crisis. That, in addition to all of the vested interests and corporate interests that are tied to the fossil fuel industry and to polluting and to carbon emissions. Frequently,
9: I hear environmentalists talking about the existential threat of climate change. The existential threat We are going to be eliminated. And what does the public hear? The icebergs are melting, the rainforests are burning, the coral reefs are dying, the polar bears are starving, our cities will be flooded and our farms will dry up and our coastlines will be wiped out. And there will be famine and starvation and people will be fleeing the heat and the rising water and there will be wars. And by the way, don't use fossil fuels, don't use plastic, don't eat meat. So those are the kind of things that we hear. Now, of course I'm exaggerating here, but is it any wonder that people are confused and tuned out? This movie doesn't have a storyline except constant alarm, which cannot be sustained. Now, here's the thing about focusing on pollution. See, it's not overwhelming because it's all about hope. Even in the movie Predator, when we had this big shootout with this out of space creature, this predator, there was a moment where I looked at the leaf and I saw green phosphorus blood dripping down from one leaf to the next. And I said, if it bleeds, we can kill it. See, there was hope. This is what it's about. If pollution created by humans, then we can solve it. Humans can solve it. We can kill it. We can terminate it.
6: We have all the people who are motivated by the plight of the polar bear and the loss of the rainforest. We have all the people who can change their whole life around and make every decision based on how they lower their carbon footprint. You might be one of those people. That is amazing. You are a trailblazer. But that is not a route that everyone can follow, and it is not enough to rely on what individuals can do by themselves. Now, we also need the backing of people who've got other things on their mind. Bills to pay, a busy and polluted route to school for the kids, crap job, no prospects, living in a town where more businesses are closing than opening. They need to know the green economy is going to work for them. They do not need another thing to worry about. They do not need to be made to feel guilty. And they do not need to be asked to sacrifice something they don't have. It's like the Gilets jaunes protesters were saying in France about fuel prices and the cost of living. You want us to worry about the end of the world when we're worried about the end of the week. If we're not listening to those people, you can be sure that the populace are...
5: Standing precedes action. And that's exactly what we need to understand is why we don't see the big numbers whenever there's an election. There's some sort of a disconnection there and a need for for change of strategy. So if we want a real revolution, a genuine climate revolution, we'll have to listen to people like Jennifer Abbott here. She's the CEO of Greenpeace, followed by... Arnold Schwarzenegger and then the British economist Angela Francis. I think the real exercise here for the climate movement is to gain trust and then to create understanding. Since the Paris Agreement in 2015 The 20 richest countries in the world have basically ignored their emission pledges and invested an average of $600 billion per year into fossil fuels and similar industries. And that's after everyone heard that call from Paris that we have to stop burning fossil fuels. Now, $600 billion, that's 600,000 millions, invested in wrecking life on this planet every year. And it keeps adding up after five years it's three trillion dollars and what does three trillion dollars even mean well if one dollar was one second take one million seconds that's equal to 12 days take a billion seconds that's 32 years so take a trillion seconds that's 32,000 years and then three trillion seconds That would be close to 100,000 years. What I'm trying to say is that three trillion dollars spent on industries that are heating up our planet, completely ignoring the Paris Agreement goals, that is a lot of money thrown in the wrong direction.
6: Climate change is not something that's happening to
1: us. It's something that's being done to us. It's not simply a tragedy, an act of God. Uh, It is an injustice, and it is injustice due to a 40-year campaign to lie and prioritize short-term profit over the health of vulnerable
5: people. I hear people talk in my street, as well as when I open the TV news, about that decarbonisation and zero-carbon targets and degrowth and all that is a threat to our lifestyle. It's totally unacceptable, according to some people. But remember, so was the abolition of slavery, decolonization, the rights that women could vote. So don't be afraid here. This is about standing up for climate rights. The values that we share, the love that we have for the young ones who are to grow up in this world, the confidence that we know what is right. If we are to avoid a complete planetary disaster, yes, it means that there are some people, in particular fossil fuel companies, that will have to give up on some profit they were hoping for. It adds up in trillions, probably. But if we don't avert a planetary disaster, what's the price of that? How do we measure the cost of a planetary disaster? Which dad is it who thinks that he can call himself a loving father if he can't see what's coming? And what kind of threat this represents to the very livelihood and welfare of his children? And yet he does nothing about it? My grandfather, Vigo, he was a freedom fighter in the resistance movement during the Second World War. And I've taken a great deal of inspiration from him and from that time he lived in.
3: unite in a national effort to save from destruction all that makes life itself worth living and preserve for future generations those liberties and institutions which others have bequeathed to us.
5: I see it as we've been put in a freedom resistance movement situation once again. Only this time we can hopefully use the court system instead of weapons. I believe
3: we should be suing governments and corporations.
5: And there's good news on that front. It's like the courtrooms, the lawyers are beginning to wake up. In Europe in particular, we're seeing people-driven movements taking their governments and fossil fuel companies to court. And we're now, finally, we're beginning to see the courts, the judges are ruling that we do have climate rights in this world. The young generation is right when it's calling on the governments to address the climate crisis
2: we cannot solve a crisis without treating it as a crisis
5: it's right when it's saying you are not keeping your promises to tackle this crisis there's been court cases in the netherlands in germany in portugal in france the courts have given the government nine months now to get in line with the climate objectives that it actually signed up to in the Paris Agreement. And even here in Australia recently, there was a court ruling that this country's environment minister has an obligation to children over climate change, including when she's making decisions about whether or not to approve the expansion of some new Coal mine.
10: The Hague ru- ruling absolutely demonstrates that a stranded asset risk is is is, is certainly here um, to stay and that our investors are increasingly interested in investing in renewable energy. And I think this really demonstrates that the structural tailwinds that are pushing for quicker adoption of renewable energy and moving away from stranded assets such as oil, gas and thermal coal um, is very much demonstrated. Air pollution the, the
3: produces low birth weight babies has been linked to dementia and Alzheimer's and we are toxifying the air.
5: It is a crime that we have people right now who tell us that we can just keep polluting the air as much as we like when we see and we know that it's killing people. We know it's wrecking the climate system. It's heating up our planet. And as we heat things up, all life is now at risk. 2,000 councils around the planet have understood that danger now and have declared themselves in a climate emergency, including, though only half-heartedly, Geelong Council. And in these 2,000 councils live more than one billion people. One billion people live in a jurisdiction that has declared a climate emergency. That is a call, a major call to our governments and to the global community as a whole.
10: The United Nations wants countries to declare a climate emergency. The
5: second step, once we've declared war on the climate monster is to get into action. And each of us need to find our role in this. When it's an emergency, you figure out how you can help. You do what you're good at. You do what fits in and where it's needed. You find your role. We all have that choice. We can say, I want to be part of a positive revolution that turns things around. The climate revolution, the transformation, which is already happening around the world. Some people call it the green industrial revolution, or there's a transport revolution, there's an electric revolution. There's so many of them. The regenerative agricultural revolution, the food, the local food revolution, and maybe most important of them all, the inner climate revolution.
6: Bob Hunter, he said something like, you know... um the best thing in a revolution is conscious change of consciousness and mind bombs, which are kind of visual things that reach your heart.
1: You're natural born revolutionary.
6: My mom was a
7: revolutionary.
10: I'm just trying to do what's right.
3: The searchlights are in position. The people's army of volunteers is ready. They are the ones who are really fighting this war. The firemen, the air raid wardens, the ambulance drivers. And there's the whale of the banshee.
5: The way that we realize that we can actually turn our priorities around in this world where things are going upside down, and we rediscover our real values. There's a value revolution happening where the good old-fashioned values such as integrity, honesty, We know already which values it is we need. At Geelong High School they've written on the walls in the schoolyard a list of values that the students look at every time they pass there. Positivity, creativity, respect, excellence, effort, responsibility and teamwork. And I could add courage, compassion, love, care for each other and for nature, all these values that drive us forward and connect people and give us that strength that we need to face the monster out there. But I tell you, the real monster is not climate change or the climate emergency. No, it's a little group of corrupt, short-sighted, greedy human beings. Is these men and women in their fancy clothes with their millions of dollars to burn who believe they can just keep shoveling in profits from climate-wrecking businesses and they're hoping somehow that nobody's gonna care. Well, they are wrong. They are going to be held accountable for their crimes sooner or later. People are going to see what's going on. And when that happens, there's some people that just need to be brought to justice. But the climate revolution is not about persecuting the rich or those who pollute the most and so on, those who don't care about anyone but themselves. This is another thing that the climate revolution demands of us, that this is not going to be a them versus us kind of conflict. The climate deniers, the Adanis and the Reinhards and the Shell executives and Exxon, Viva Energy, the Chinese, the Russians, we are all humans and we are all in this one together. And I say that because it's through love that revolutions are won. The climate revolution is what connects us with the rest of humanity, the rich and the poor, both those who pollute and those who don't. We are in a fight for survival, for life on planet Earth together. And it will only be when we come together that we can get things done in a way that we have never done it before. The climate revolution has to reconnect us with who we are as humans, as human beings. Our role in nature, our place in the world, in the universe. It draws us towards big questions about our existence. It draws us to rebuild our connection with nature. We are nature. And we can help each other not to be scared of any monsters out there. And we have ways that we can beat the climate monster. When you look up from that pillow which you were hiding under, you will realize that there's a lot of people in Geelong, in Australia, in Denmark, and in the rest of the world, who are all deeply concerned about what we're doing to our planet, and the fact that we are heading for a catastrophe. We're beginning to see a new generation of decision makers coming up, young people who put climate first. People who want to change the laws so we can protect the atmosphere and ourselves and each other from this collapse and the catastrophe which we have created.
3: Unite for life. We must all become active immediately to avert a catastrophe for us, for our children and for all life on earth.
5: We have to up our tactics. The advantage we have, and that we must keep building, is numbers. The fight for freedom from this addiction to fossil fuels is what the climate revolution is all about. And I tell you one thing, that won't happen if we keep waiting for someone else to do the job. But really, I'm not a fighter. I'm a dad. A dad to three children who I feel responsible and accountable for. They're older now, they're teenagers. But one and a half decade ago, bringing these particular human beings into this world was my responsibility. It was a conscious decision that I made together with the woman who was to become their mother. What is the role of a dad if not to protect his children? To give them the best opportunities that I possibly can. To hand over to them a world which is just that little better than how I found it. That's what's driving me, that's why I communicate about what I think we need to do, because communication now happens to be what I've been doing for a living all of my life. And as David Attenborough says, tackling climate change is now as much a communications challenge as it is a scientific or technological one. So as we all have to find our role, I figured my role in this emergency is I'm a radio presenter. I've been that all my life. So since I came to Australia, I've been a climate emergency radio presenter. As a journalist working with media and communication, that's why I've been hoping I could make a difference. Climate change, my ass, its such a dumb expression. What it hides is nasty, scary words like corruption, destruction, mass death and extinction. So in the media, we peacefully discuss back and forth about climate change, when what we really should be discussing and investigating as journalists is corruption, destruction, mass death, extinction. We're going to need to be much more public uh, about that there's difficulty ahead um, so the message has to become millions of people are suffering right now it's worse than we were told we are now in danger we must do all that we can to try and slow the problem down but we must now also do all that we can to help each other through this and it's that final bit which is not being said publicly yet it's taken much too long for journalists and editors on this planet to get their head around this, but i'm beginning to see signs that it's happening here in 2021 journalists editors media outlets like cnn and the guardian have understood that this is a story so big that they simply need to drop what they're doing and start focusing on this the heating on the planet caused by us is a direct threat to any one of us, and we are the ones who allowed it to escalate all through our lifetime. During the last 15 years, where my kids have been growing up as young, new citizens on this planet, the amount of heat the Earth traps has doubled in just those 15 years. American scientists have discovered what they say is Earth's energy imbalance, and it has roughly doubled from 2005 to 2019 in an alarming way, they say. And here we see in Canada, in Germany, in Russia, in Pakistan. Last year already was Europe's hottest year since records began, over 300 years ago. And eight of the 10 hottest ever years have been in the past decade. How can you even call yourself a journalist if you ignore communicating about the urgency in this? How does journalism even give any meaning to people? If it's deliberately closing our eyes to the reality, the danger, the corruption and all the wrongdoings, the injustice that's going on. To me, it's like if you were a journalist during the Second World War and you insisted on, no, 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 we cannot mention the war. We cannot talk about it. There's a war going on, but we can't talk about it. And that's why we've got to look that monster straight in the eye so we can take it by the horns. And that's where I'm coming from. I communicate about what I think we need to do. It's what we've been telling our listeners in the Sustainable Hour, this podcast that we're running during the last eight years, that the first step towards taking the monster by the horns is to stop using that weak and confusing expression, climate change. We're heating up the planet. And the words we should be using to describe that is climate breakdown and climate emergency. The fact that this is a crime against humanity. That's what we should be calling it.
9: I
1: have a plan. You've got a plan. Yes. First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have. Part of a
9: plan. What percentage of
10: a plan do you
0: have? You don't get to ask questions after the nonsense you pulled on Nowhere. I just saved
10: Quill. I think we need to be able to see the threat clearly, fully, see the solutions and have a plan. And that package of threat solutions and plan lets you hold fear.
5: Says Dr. Giselle Wilkinson, who has written a doctorate on the climate emergency and about how we can find a safe passage to a safe climate.
10: Currently, it looks like a big mountain in the road in front of us. We can't climb. When you get up closer, it's actually a whole lot of boulders, many of which can be rolled away or climbed over. And we can get rid of them. They are within our means. So it's really about empowering ourselves to get on with that job, tackle them all, basically. Nobody knows what to do next. Nobody knows what to do next. We need more people. There's just not enough people who are throwing their full weight at this problem. The graph's telling us we're not getting on top of it. This is where the reprioritising has to has to happen. We need to look at every all the decisions made in our lives, all the things that matter to us, and look at how those priorities might have to change and how we can bring this issue from down the list right up to the top equal with the other top priorities in our lives right now we're here in the decade of change we're the ones that are making this happen and there's never been more action in this space and the solutions are out there we just apply them to our circumstances we have to we have to make our democracy way more active we've got to be it's got to be participatory democracy and um, Voting is important, but it's 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 not enough. Mm-hmm. We need to be getting our voices heard um, left, right and center mm-hmm. as, in our own lives, but also telling our state and federal elected reps that we this matters to us and we want to see action.
5: In a climate revolution, each of us need to find our role. So how about you? What's your training? What's your experience? How can you be helpful? What's going to be your role In the climate revolution, Chris Tompkins, the former CEO of Patagonia, said, Take the tools you're given, take the talent you have, and use them for something. You may think you don't know what to do or how to contribute, but I think you do. We're past that moment where inaction is acceptable. That's not me preaching, that's just where we are. If you're a cook, become a climate emergency cook. If you're a builder, become a climate emergency builder. If you're a designer, become a climate emergency designer, an architect, climate emergency architect. If you're a farmer, become a regenerative farmer, a climate emergency farmer. If you're a nurse, become a climate emergency nurse. If you're a doctor, you can talk with your patients about the climate emergency. Take a poster that speaks to you and hang it up behind where you work, in your home or in front of your home. Make it very, very obvious and visible to others where you stand. And have conversations with people about why this is your position. What's this all about? Share the recommendations. Tell others where they can download material and learn more.
4: When you really find out what's true then and you, and listen to the earth for, for what she wants us to do, um, that might be playing the piano, that might be writing music, that might be um, painting, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think there's so that art has always had that way to transmit some um, deeper feeling that words can't get to. And that's what we need. That's what, you know, we need to be coming back into our hearts at this time, particularly uh, as things get harder and people get afraid. Um, you know, the, there's gonna be no end of trouble when people start getting afraid. So we need these islands of sanity, people that can contain themselves and keep their hearts open to each other. We ne- we're gonna need that. And if art is part of that story, then hallelujah.
5: You know. If you're a musician, you're an important pop star, Become a climate emergency pop star. Or if you think it's more important to talk about the climate revolution, then just let that be the word you use. Become a climate revolution singer. Put a signature in the bottom of your email stating what you are. Climate revolution doctor, climate revolution builder, climate revolution artist. If you're a blogger, become a climate emergency blogger. Choose a hashtag that you like. Hashtag all for climate. Hashtag climate emergency. Hashtag together for the planet. Hashtag zero carbon. Hashtag climate revolution. Hashtag it's possible. Or maybe above all, Hashtag find your role. I think have a look around. Is there
4: anything already happening around you that you could get involved with? If there is, go along and see what they're doing and get involved. If there isn't, maybe start something identify five or ten people that you know who might be interested, show a film, this film possibly, uh, to inspire people, and then have the invitation, let's meet up and see what we might like to do. You know, For me, taking that step into saying, OK, I need to do something, however small, there's so much power in that moment in deciding to do that. I think the one thing you could do is to fall in love with the Earth just go out and encounter nature in a deep way simply fall in love with nature that's the most important thing you can do
0: the one thing i think we can do is to realize we're not just consumers we are members of a household so we could each of us go home and ask ourselves what's the division of labor in this household and is it fair how are resources flowing into this household and how we letting waste go out of this household? Are we enabling ourselves to be part of a regenerative economy with that through-flow? Where does the electricity and energy for this household come from and can we transform that? But also, who am I in relation to the commons? Where do I collaborate in my local community? What am I doing to be part of that? Am I helping grow that? Who am I in relation to the state as a citizen? Might Not just in voting in elections, but actually in working in local politics and, again, building back that local community. Who am I as a neighbour... Who am I in terms of how I invest my money, how I divest my money, how I protest, how I volunteer? So there's so many different ways in which all of us actually have huge influence in the networks of which we're a part, bringing awareness of that, that we can all be transformative of those around us. And like any form of transformation, it happens bit by bit through a network.
5: I think it's important to find something that you're passionate about. Um, You don't have to tackle everything, but do find something which you've got a real enthusiasm for, like trying to live without um, single-use plastics.
4: Think about doing it, do it, and think about what the implications are further up the chain and further down the chain from you.
5: And then you can start making decisions about how you can actually influence policy or the other decision makers.
4: It it never ceases to amaze me that someone says, um, but it's all so controversial, this kind of stuff about what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating, and so on, and I just don't know who to listen to, and it's, you know, so contradictory. And you say, OK, so is there one thing you think you think would make a difference? Is there one thing you think would make a difference? And, of course, instantly they say, oh, I know I should be eating less meat. I say, OK, you know you should be eating less meat? Eat less bloody meat.
10: I think if David were alive today, he'd be very surprised to see how many tiny, but m- literally millions of initiatives... Are starting to implement exactly what he described, what he dreamed of. We have to swat up and we have to step up and we have to speak up. It's important to take a small step or a large step when you feel motivation stir your blood. Take a step. Capa damn And start where you're at. So wherever it is in your life, where you are, there'll be a way of making some sort of step forward on this communicating. Taking action and if you can't find time if you can't yet liberate time to 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 put to this new priority then find an organization that you can trust and get behind it and donate their time or money um, and automatic debits are of course very appreciated so I think that there are ways to do it um, and then it's you know with, with all with our collective wisdom, we'll find the ways to crack into it. But we start close to home and leave the bigger questions till later. But um, for those who are ready to take, tackle them, start now. So it's about the five things: are reprioritize, use your voice, the buzzwords, scale and pace, collaborate, and then finally, I'd really urge recommend connecting with nature, because that is a very galvanizing force for for most people. It's it's the precious, beautiful world that we want to protect. So it's a good place to be.
5: It's time for a climate revolution. In Prince Harry's words, we have to drive systemic and cultural change one act of compassion at a time.
10: We do have capability inside us as human beings to pull out all stops and to do amazing things. And we do have a capacity when we combine these efforts together, when we collaborate, when we're resourced, when the commitment is is 100%. My life is my own.
8: And the future is up to us.
0: All revolutions seem
6: impossible
3: until they are inevitable. Unite in a national effort to save from destruction all that makes life itself worth living.
1: We need a forum for all nations to work together and this is the ultimate tragedy of the commons free rider problem it doesn't matter where a ton of CO2 comes from and so if we don't demonstrate that we're all holding hands and taking steps together to build trust and confidence that there's not a lot of free riders on, on the actions other countries are taking, um, so we need that process which is kind the of pros- the Paris process uh, but it also to be able to move with the speed that we need is important for the leading emitters which usually are uh, <laughs> the leading economies to come together and find opportunities to work together and collaborate.
9: What time is it? You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself
5: on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised.
3: The army of
5: volunteers is ready. I'm actually organising another revolution. I don't know if you'd be interested in something like that. Do you reckon you'd be interested? The revolution will be live. So join us. We are already many people who are ready to step up. Join us in the climate revolution. Find your role. And always remember... It's through love that revolutions are won.
3: There just could be a change in moral attitude from people worldwide, politicians worldwide, to see that self-interest is for the past,
9: common interest is for the future.
8: earth is 4.5 billion years old mankind about 140,000 years old let me put that in perspective if you condense the earth's lifespan into 24 hours that's one full day then we have been here on this planet for drumroll please three seconds three seconds and look what we've done we have modestly named ourselves homo sapiens meaning wise man but is man really so wise Smart, yes, and it's good to be smart, but not too smart for your own good. Yes, we have split the atom. Yes, we build clever machines that navigate the universe in search of new homes, but at the same time, those atoms we split created nuclear warfare. And our quest to explore the galaxy rejects and neglects the home that we have here now. So no, that cannot be wisdom. Wisdom is different. While intelligence speaks, wisdom listens, and we willingly covered our ears to Mother Nature's screams and closed our eyes to all of her help-wanted signs wisdom knows that every action has an equal and opposite reaction, so if we were wise, we would not be shocked when we see storms that are stronger than ever before, or more drought, hurricanes and wildfire than ever before because there's more pollution than ever before more carbon, more trees cut down than ever before, at a record pace we have increased the extinction of animals by 1,000 times the normal rate what a feat, in the next 10 to 100 years, every beloved animal character in every children's book is predicted to go extinct, lion Gone, rhinos gone, tiger, gorilla, elephant, polar bear gone in three seconds. Species that have been here longer than us will be gone because of us in this three seconds. In an existence shorter than a Vine video, we turn the circle of life into our own personal conveyor belt. Somebody, anybody, help. We were given so much. The only planet in this solar system with life. I mean, we are one in a million. No, actually, scientifically, we are one in a billion, trillion, trillion. That's a one followed by 33 zeros. And I don't want to get too spiritual, but how are we not a miracle? We are perfectly positioned to the sun so we don't burn, but not too distant so we don't turn to ice. Goldilocks said it best. We are just like right. This paradise where we are given medicine from trees. Not coincidentally, but because like the song says, we are family. Literally, everything, every species is connected genetically from the sunflower to the sunfish. And this is what we must recognize before it's too late. Because the real crisis is not global warming, environmental destruction, or animal agriculture. It is us. These problems are symptoms of us. Byproducts of us. Our inner reflection, loss of connection has created this misdirection. We have forgotten that everything contributes to the perfection of Mother Nature. Corporations keep us unaware and disconnected, but they have underestimated our strength. Contrary to popular belief, millions are waking up out of their sleep, seeing our home being taken right up under our feet. We cannot allow our history to be written by the wicked, greedy, and loony. It is our duty to protect Mother Nature from those who refuse to see her beauty. Call me crazy, but I believe we should have the right to eat food that's safe. With ingredients we can pronounce, drink water that is clean, marvel at trees, breathe air free of toxins. These are natural rights, not things that can be bargained for in Congress. See, they want you to feel powerless, but it has been said that something as small as the flutter of a butterfly's wing can cause a typhoon halfway around the world. Well, when enough people come together, we too will make waves And watch the world into a new era Filled with love and connection Freedom for all, without oppression But it is up to you Yes, you watching this, behind this screen To make the effort Because time is of the essence And only together can we make it To the fourth second
2: The Climactic Collective